This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. Okay, we have not had Kennedy on the podcast in a hot second. It's been way too long. Kennedy, some people don't even know you. You were like an OG. I would like randomly throw, when I was just like kind of shooting the shit for Breakdown bonus episodes, I was like, Kennedy, you want to go talk about this episode? And you would come on. So you're like one of the pioneers of this podcast. Cool episode, iconic. I am proud. They're a little bit more organized now than they used to. But uh, those were the days when I would just post random shit. For funsies. Kennedy is so graciously decided to come on and chat with me because she is my daddy issues correspondent, which I mentioned in the main episode. I kind of have like this iffy feeling about using the word daddy issues because I think it does minimize like a really serious issue. But at the same time, like I, that's what everybody knows them as. Yeah. Um. So we'll be talking about daddy issues or abandonment issues or attachment style issues, whatever you feel comfortable calling them. But we will just kind of kick off by uh, oh first i want to you're thinking about coming to the breakdown brunch break a breakdown brunch in atlanta right we might have to move the date so it was going to be june 10th now it's going to be i think it's going to be the weekend either before july 4th no it's not it's not going to be that weekend i think we're going to do the weekend the last weekend in june so you might get to meet kennedy if you want to come as well this week's episode started out with um our interviewee explaining how she got into this really horrible toxic relationship she clearly has done a lot of self-work and she said you know i think one of the main reasons that i stayed in this relationship was because i had attachment issues stemming from my relationship with my father specifically with her she was super close with her dad and then was like helping her dad pack up his car and then he just moved across the country like really crazy crap i think they end up resolving that but of course that caused a lot of issues and relationships throughout her life kennedy i'm curious for you, where do your attachment style issues come from in relation to your parents? So I've done a lot of therapy and a lot of self-reflection and just a lot of work to try to not move on, but try to learn from the relationships I had in my childhood and how those made me feel. And kind of like I've, I've looked at it as more of a way to figure out what I need in relationships and not just in romantic relationships, but also in friendships and like what boundaries I need to set um, in order to feel safe and comfortable in that relationship. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me is kind of understanding and learning through therapy and a lot of conversations with family members of like where my boundaries are. And I think the biggest thing for me that I swear I see it show up is I don't like surface level relationships. Um, I had a very surface this kind of almost friendship with my dad my whole life and I hated it and so I think a boundary I have is friendships and romantic relationships of people that don't pursue me and don't want to get to know me on a deeper level I just don't have time for that or want that in my life like that's just become a big that's a big thing for me um I think I got off track of the actual no you actually you actually were leading straight into my next net of questions the person that I interviewed this week, she said that her issues stem from her relationship with her father and it manifested as a different personality type or not a different personality type, a different attachment style type. So she became very codependent. I believe therapists 
also described as an anxious attachment style where you really desire intimacy emotionally, but it also kind of like scares you a little bit. So you can sometimes be clingy. You can be a, a huge people pleaser. And that was one of the reasons why our interviewee decided to stay in this relationship is because she became codependent. She had abandonment problems. For you, do you feel like you have a secure attachment style? Do you feel like you're codependent? Do you feel like you shy away from emotional intimacy? Or is it kind of a mix of any of those? I think it's a mix. I definitely don't think I have a codependency attachment style. I definitely do think, though, that I am someone who's very um, skeptical of men, specifically in relationships. Like, I keep my walls up for a long time. And you know my extensive dating history. I tend to not let men in. But then once I do, it's like all walls are down. Like I'm ready to go. Like, let's just start dating. So I think that that's, I'm very weary, but like once you're in, you're in kind of uh, thing. So I would say I'm definitely a very skeptical person. And that's kind of my attachment style with friendships as well. I have a hard time trusting that you're going to be there and that you're going to be a secure spot for me. Maybe this is like a selfish question, kind of moving away from the romantic side. Was there a moment in our friendship where you felt like you could trust me in that way to where you felt like you were sort of like skeptical and then not skeptical anymore? Yeah, I think it's weird. I think when I met you, I like instantly felt very connected to you. And I felt like you and I were kind of like meant to be friends. I don't know what it was, but I honestly feel like you and I have a very similar bond in that we felt emotionally abandoned by a parent. I kind of like didn't read that on you right away when we first met, but I definitely felt like we share similar experiences and feeling that emotional abandonment. Because I think I honestly think that emotional abandonment can sometimes be worse than physical abandonment. Not that one's better or worse than the other, but emotional abandonment, I think, is just as hard to walk through as physical. And it's hard when the person's still physically there and you're like, why don't you want to have a relationship with me? Like, why don't you love me? I think that's a really hard thing to come to terms with. Well, it's harder to identify, I think, because both of our different parents that we're identifying in this situation like your dad never left so he's still in your life it's still an active thing that you're working through and same for me with the parent that I am referencing in this conversation and and so it's sort of like you don't really know those wounds are there until maybe somebody else calls them out in you in doing my research for this let me pull up my notes real quick I'm not gonna claim to be any kind of like mental health expert or whatever but I was listening to like some podcasts and watching some YouTube videos that I'll link in this episode description if anybody wants to like dive deeper from an actual mental health perspective, but like some of the ways that you can identify if you um, are having abandonment issues is that you can sometimes be afraid to be vulnerable. And I think that leads people to be very independent, which I think both me and you are because you don't trust people. You're used to kind of having to do things on your own. And I think that w- that definitely rings true for the person that I interviewed in this week's episode. She's a very independent person, but kind of like what you said, it's like once you're in, you're in. And I think a lot of um, therapists would categorize that as like a disorganized attachment style where you are emotionally avoidant, but then you can become codependent. So you have these inconsistencies. I don't know where I fall on that spectrum because I don't think I've let anybody in in a really long time to where I just feel like I'm emotionally avoidant, where I'm just kind of like, I'm going to stay over here. If you let me in. Yeah, I think I've gotten better with friendships because I don't think my abandonment issues have manifested in romantic relationships. 
other than maybe being emotionally avoidant. But I think with friendships, I would be very, very emotionally avoidant until I felt like I had enough consistent friendships that proved that people could be trustworthy for me to feel comfortable being vulnerable. Definitely. That makes total sense. Yeah. I don't even think I felt comfortable being totally open with friends. I mean, I had some friendships at high school, but then I was completely betrayed by those people. And so my walls went straight back up until college, but probably until I met our mutual friend. Well, my friend that has become your friend, Virginia. And then you've weaseled your way in here as well, just breaking down these walls. No, it took me a long time with you, though. Like, I definitely felt like you had a lot of walls up with me for a while and understandably so. But I feel like I felt like probably in the last year, well, probably the last six months, I feel like I've really like gotten your walls to come down a little bit. So for yeah, I know what you're talking about with our friendship, because I think people kind of have to like bang on the door really loudly because otherwise I assume because I grew up like feeling very unwanted by people in my life. I think I always kind of assume that like people don't want to be that I don't really like go out of my way to make friends. Yeah. I kind of assume rejection. Yeah, sometimes people do. Hello. Mm-hmm. Be my yeah. friend. Okay. How have you felt like your abandonment issues have manifested themselves in like romantic relationships? When you think of the archetypes in Hollywood, like um, Cassie from Euphoria or Harley Quinn, do you feel like any of those abandonment, quote, daddy issues relate to you in any of your relationships? Yeah. I definitely think that I like male attention but I view it as almost like a game. And then when I do actually find someone I like, I tend to get hurt really quickly. I don't deal with rejection well. When I have to deal with rejection, it's really hard for me and it takes me a long time to recover. So I tend to not be vulnerable, like I said, and I tend to be very skeptical for a long time before I let my walls down because I'm so scared of being vulnerable and getting hurt. So when you say like getting male attention as a game, like is that a way to kind of build up validation within yourself so that when you don't so that if you do experience rejection you kind of have like credit you know what I'm trying to say like you have like yeah no I get what you're saying I don't know if it's that so much as it I want to feel like I am better than men in a way I know that sounds really weird no that's interesting I actually would love for you to dive deeper in that like it makes you feel like um like maybe in the same way that like men feel like when they have sex with a bunch of women like you're emotionally conquering them in the way that they feel like they're physically free women Yes, like I I enjoy knowing that there's men that are obsessed with me, but they're never going to have me. Like that's like intriguing to me and that's really unhealthy 100%. I, I think I need to do a deeper dive into where that actually stems from because um, yeah, I'm not, sorry, this is not going well. I don't, no, this is actually going great. Continue. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not really sure where exactly that comes from because my mom was always very. My parents' relationship was always. Actually, I do know where it comes from. So my parents' relationship was very much my mom always pursuing my dad and him not really giving her the time of day. He was a raging alcoholic. Um, he was very focused on himself, like a raging narcissist in my childhood. And so I think that I saw my mom spend so much time and energy, like constantly pursuing my dad and wanting to get him to spend time with me, spend time with her, do things that he just never would. And so I think I never wanted that for myself. Like I am never going to chase a man the way my mom chased my dad. And so I think men chasing me is like, I crave that because that's, I saw the complete opposite my whole life and I refuse to have that. And be married to someone for 20 years who 
would not give me the time of day. So that's exactly where it comes from. That's actually, that's so interesting because when I was listening to all these podcasts and videos of people trying to explain why abandonment issues come up from childhood wounds, wounds with dads and moms, a lot of them went into the fact that men stereotypically, like if we're thinking of like a, a stereotypical heterosexual relationship, men are typically more absent from home. And so that's why a lot of people, a lot of kids will like act out because when they act out, they get attention from their dad. Getting approval from their dad means more because it's harder to get. And so it's interesting that it's sort of like manifested in a different way for you where it wasn't necessarily like acting out as a kid, but more of like getting validation and attention from guys now as an adult, sort of like passively getting back at your dad. I, I think I've built my whole life around wanting to be better than my dad. And in a lot of ways, I'm super thankful for that because I think that's really where my drive comes from and for yeah like I want to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be and I'm so thankful that I have the situation I had in my childhood that I think has given me that so but yeah you're right like I have built my whole life around wanting to be better than him have a better life have a better education um have a better career just be so much better and not in a like haha I'm so much better than you way but just like uh I'm gonna do so much better for myself because I don't want your life and I don't want to go down that path do you have lingering resentment that you still feel like you have towards him? Yeah. So I think this is this is actually really important and something that people don't talk about a lot is like working through childhood trauma and resentment towards a parent. It takes a really long time and it really comes in ebbs and flows. My dad and I didn't speak most of the time I was in college and I spent a lot of that time in therapy really working on myself and trying to figure out how to process and go through your parents getting a divorce when you're 20. That's a whole other experience. After college, he came back into my life and he really started pursuing me. And I really appreciated the effort. And I thought that him and I were really going to be on a good path and have a good relationship. Um, He came and visited me last year. You met him then. And it was honestly great. Like I had a great time. Like I really felt like we were on a better path. But I would say in the last six months or so, I've started to really settle into my adult life and my career. And I've kind of realized that I don't really know where he fits and that there's a lot of resentment and a lot of unsaid things from childhood that I need to say to him. So actually, we're starting therapy, him and I, in the next couple of weeks because we haven't really been talking a lot. And I expressed him. I just said, hey, look, like we've never been to therapy. I really think this would be helpful to have a third party to kind of mediate what I need to say to you. It's not coming from me wanting to like get after you or get back at you or do anything like that. It's just like, I have a lot of things I want to say. So yeah, we're starting therapy in a couple of weeks and I'm really excited about it. But that being said, I think that it's important to, I think it's okay and it's important to go through seasons of being okay and being on a good path, but then also recognizing when you're not okay and you think that there's things that are still there that you need to work through. Well, I think that's huge. I mean, I still haven't built up the courage to be like, hey, I think we should go to therapy together, mainly because, yeah. I, like you said, I think it ebbs and flows depending on like, different situations yeah. and different seasons of life. I don't want you to feel like you have to expose too much about your personal life, but I am curious what you want to say. Is there like a summed up version? Of- yeah, so I think overall, there was a lot of moments in my childhood where I just wanted his attention so bad. And I wasn't one of those kids that acted out to get attention like I kind of did the opposite like I thought that if I got straight A's or if I was I did ballet my whole life so I thought if I was really good at ballet or if I did something that was really good then he would give me attention one example that comes to mind uh so he was a soccer coach 
he was my brother's soccer coach for a long time. And that was him and my brother really bonded over that. And he was that was their connection and why they spent so much time together in his childhood. And so in ninth grade, I decided I was going to try out for the school soccer team. And I had an epiphany the other day that the only reason why I did that was because I wanted him to spend time with me. And I will say that that was like one of the only times in my childhood that I can remember him being excited to spend one-on-one time with me and like getting me ready for tryouts and all of those things. So I think there's a lot of little moments that I've identified in my childhood that have kind of come back to me recently that have made me want to say to him, like, look, this happened and this was really hurtful. Like I, there's just a lot of little moments like that. I was also, I also kind of took on the role of being my mom's protector. Probably at age 10 is like the earliest I remember doing that. And I think that that was really hard for me in a lot of ways. Like I had to grow up really quick. My mom protected herself. Like she's a badass. Like she was like a mommy and a dad to me. Like she is like the most incredible person I know. Like I'm so freaking lucky that I had her as my mother. But I was so defensive of her. And like anytime my dad would touch her, I would freak out. Like I would get so upset. And so I think there's a lot of interesting things that happened in childhood that have kind of resurfaced for me or like in the last couple of months that I want to express to him because he's never heard me say those things. And he also just started going to therapy. I convinced him to start going to therapy, I think about a year ago. So I know he's also been on a journey with discovering things. He's been sober now for, I think, almost four years, but he had a really rough childhood. He had a really terrible addiction to alcohol. He had a really sad divorce that he never got therapy for and never got to talk about. So I think that he's also in a spot now where he's feeling vulnerable and ready to kind of open up and share what he's learned about himself in therapy in the past year. First of all, I think that was really brave of you to open up and and say that. And I think it's very brave of you to go to therapy with him because I know that's going to be really painful while you do it for weeks and the hours that you're going to be in that room. So props to you, first of all, for taking that step. And then second of all, I also think it's really cool that you are looking at where he came from because he's also somebody that comes from, he has his own childhood trauma that's manifested into how he's going to be a parent. And I think that's huge with how Having empathy for how he, you know, even though he didn't, he wasn't the parent that you wanted or needed, that might have just been all he was capable of at that time. Do you feel like your entire childhood, you were neglected emotionally or do you, are there certain ages that you can pinpoint it the most? It's hard because yes, while I was emotionally neglected by him, I would say from age 10 until I was probably 20, I got so much love from my grandparents and my extended parents family, I didn't ever feel like, yes, it hurt to not have like the good daddy daughter relationship that you see on TV and like you see your friends having. But I got it from so many other people in my life that I really was very, I felt very full emotionally. My mom's parents like were really my second parents and really they filled the void in a lot of ways for me. And I know not a lot of people are lucky to have that. I do also want to say that I think it's important to not play the blame game when you have a parent issue because there's so much that has gone on in their life behind the scenes that you'll never know and never be able to fully comprehend. Like, I don't know the full extent of my dad's childhood, but from what I do know, it was really brutal. And a lot of where I think his addiction started stemmed from that. He did not have an easy go in life either. And I fully acknowledge that. And I have a lot of empathy for what he went through in his life. So that was the other thing I was saying. 100%. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned from the ages of 10 to 20, because the most important emotional years for for like a parent-child relationship, according to the 
things that I have read and listened to is the ages of three to eight. So if you if those were your big gap years, that's when a lot of that's going to form incorrectly. Yeah. Um, and I look back on those years and it's been interesting to kind of do my own deep dive. But I think it's really great that you're seeing it from your dad's perspective. And so I think that's a huge part of, of healing is like looking at it from their perspective, because just like you have your own childhood trauma that I'm sure when you have kids yeah. will maybe manifest itself like our parents have the same thing, too. And uh, I think it's important to take a look at that as well. Do you think going to therapy with your dad, do you think that will be the final piece in resolving some of these unhealed wounds for you? Or do you think this is something you're going to have to battle for the rest of your life? No, I don't think it's something I'm going to have to battle for the rest of my life. I think going to therapy is going to be very healing. And I think it's going to do a lot of good things for me personally, just to be able to say out loud, like the situations and the things that happened that really hurt me. But I do think about things like my wedding day, for example, like I don't know that I want my dad to walk me down the aisle. For me, I look at that as like a huge honor. And to me, my mom is the one that has earned that right. And then like a father-daughter dance at like your wedding. Like I really struggle with that. Like no part of me wants to participate in that. And I'm hoping that after therapy and after lots of more conversations in time, like I'll feel differently. But I think it's okay also though to have boundaries and just say this isn't, I don't feel comfortable. We'll see. But I'm very hopeful that this is going to bring a lot of healing and a lot of just overall healing for his and I's relationship and for hopefully for him. I think that that's really ultimately what I want. Like I want him to be well. I wish him the best. I want him to be happy. And I just, I think he's getting there. Well, I think that would be a huge win. I mean, imagine if you guys go through years of therapy be together and you guys do get to a point where he's earned the right to walk you down the aisle or at least dance with you at your wedding. I think that would be a huge, a huge accomplishment, maybe even more so than if things had just been like normal. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is something that I heard a bunch of therapists talk about when it came to healing, attachment issues, abandonment issues, quote unquote daddy issues, is refathering yourself and thinking about what you didn't get from your parental relationships as a child and figuring out how you can give that to yourself as an adult. Yeah, what do you think that would be for you or is for you? Like, have you thought about that before about maybe gaps in your emotional upbringing that you didn't get that you feel like you have to provide for yourself? Ooh, that's a really good question. I've never heard that term before. I'm going to love to look into this. Good me. Yeah, I'm really into <laughs> I've been thinking about that too because I'm like, geez, because I don't feel like I had healthy female relationships growing up. So I feel like a lot of my walls stem from the fact that like I was never really poured into in that way. So I don't it's like an, uh, an emotional intelligence piece that I don't have. And I think sometimes people see it. I can recognize this now having healthy relationships in my life. I don't speak that language. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't compute with me. I deep down have this belief that everybody is evil and wants to hurt me. And I think that just stems from the fact that I didn't have those relationships growing up. So for me, I realized that re-fathering or remothering myself is learning to be more active in loving people because not everybody is this evil hen that's going to betray me. No, that's good. So I think for me, like my mom, like I said, like she poured everything she had into my brother and I. I don't even have the words to tell you like how much she's given me in life and like how much she filled the void for me. But yeah, like she, like obviously she can't be both parents and she's never going to be like a father figure, obviously. But I am so incredibly lucky that I had her pouring into me and really giving me so much of what I was missing from him that 
that I don't honestly really feel like I missed out in life. Yeah, she's just like the most incredible person. I do think that one area of quote unquote refathering um, that I've done is setting boundaries. I think that I'm really good now at letting my friends know like what I need and what I and in romantic relationships, I'm really good at letting people know just what I need and what I'm not going to put up with and accept. But yeah, it's hard. It's it is scary. And I definitely think that I like we already talked about, like I do struggle with rejection. Like I had like a you know about this, like last year I had like a friendship that ended and it felt I felt very rejected by this friend and that was really hard for me. But it was because I but it was because I set a boundary and I said I'm not going to be treated like this and I'm not going to accept that behavior. And it was hard and but I at the end of the day like I'm glad that I set that boundary and that even though it resulted in the loss of friendship, I I I stayed true to that. I think that's the the refathering for me is being healthy with boundaries and not being afraid to define what you're going to accept. That's how abandonment issues can sometimes be manifest himself is if you end up having an anxious attachment style slash being codependent like if you're a people pleaser and you're constantly looking for validation from friendships and willing to just bend over backwards like that's just as unhealthy as withdrawing emotionally if you had an avoidant attachment style um well thank you for coming on and just having a little honest conversation about uh i won't use sort of daddy issues we need should we call them zaddy issues like i need like i want to come up with a new phrase for this for daddy issues and like trademark it or something because i literally i hate it it's awful it's terrible. Uh, I think the the proper term is like attachment issues or abandonment issues because I think that is kind of like I guess what I'm struggling with is I don't like the word issue being in it. Like it's not even like a. I guess I just don't. I don't see it as an issue if you learn how to correctly real like learn from how you were treated and grow from it. Like if you take your lived experience and turn it into something positive. Like I feel like that's what I've been working on my whole life is just turning my lived experience into a very positive, healthy life for myself I don't feel like it's an issue for me anymore like at one point in life sure what about childhood emotional wounds I love that because I don't have like daddy issues that's exactly how it feels and I don't even think that's like siloed into parental relationships just Mm -hmm. like emotional wounds from your childhood that never healed properly yeah well anyway thank you again for coming on um for all the things that like i referenced in this video or in this video in this podcast i will link in the episode description just like resources that i found helpful for how to identify if you have abandonment wounds discovering your attachment style and also just defining what quote-unquote daddy issues are all that'll be in the episode description and i will see you whenever you decide to tune in next